Blog Talk Radio. for you, we would not be here. We opened our eyes this morning, God, because you gave us the strength to open our eyes. We were able to rise because you gave us strength in our limbs and the facilities of our body. We were able to get here, God, because you blessed us and brought us the way of safety and did not allow harm to come to us, Lord. We're grateful to again come into your presence because we know where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And as we come before you today, have your way, Lord. Let flesh be crucified that you might be glorified, that your people might be edified in the name of Jesus. For God in you is life. And that's what we seek, God, life eternal life, God. We pray, O oh God, today that you will touch every person that have come seeking you, Lord. Bind the hand of the devil, God. 
rebuke the hand of the enemy, Lord. God, let your anointing that resonates in this place even now. God, let there be an outpouring on your people. We need you, God, to take us to another level in you, Lord. God, we're faced with demonic forces, God. Evil spirits have come up against us, Lord, and we need to be fortified with your power. God, we can't make it on our own strength, God. We don't have enough to stand on, Lord, but we know, God, that your joy is our strength. Fill us up on today in the name of Jesus. Somebody have come this morning burdened down, God, with the issues of life, God. Somebody, God, is in the battle of their life. Somebody's God, fighting in their mind and in their spirit, Lord, where the devil have come in to war against them, Lord. But we thank you, God, because we know greater are you that's within us than he that is within this world, God. We know, God, that you are a deliverer, Lord, that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And you're no short of your promise, Lord, and you're able to deliver us, Lord. Touch us on today, Lord. We need you like never before. Fill us up with the Holy Ghost, God, uh, and give us a refilling, Lord, uh, that when we leave here today, Lord, uh, we can leave with your anointing, Lord, uh, that as we meet men and women, boys and girls, uh, they might be converted to know who you are, Lord. Uh, in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Uh, we thank you because you are a healer. Uh, you're the God that healeth thee, uh, and healing is in your wings, uh, and you're able to touch our feeble bodies. Uh, you're able to save our troubled souls. Uh, and in the name of Jesus, uh, bind every demon, Lord, uh, every demonic force, Lord, uh, God, that comes to keep us uh, in the same place, Lord. Uh, we're willing, God, to surrender uh, and say yes to your will, Lord. Uh, we're willing to turn our lives, God, uh, over into your hands, Lord, uh, because we come to the place, God, uh, where we realize like never before, uh, we need you, Jesus. Uh, more than anything we know, uh, we need you, Jesus. Uh, while men are trying to find God, uh, solutions to this chaotic world, God, uh, we're looking to you, Lord, uh, because we know for every right desire, uh, there is an answer, uh, and Jesus, you that answer. Uh, there's no need for us, God, uh, to turn hither or thither, Lord. Uh, we need but to look for you, Lord, uh, because you're the answer, God, uh, for our troubled lives, Lord. Uh, touch on the day, God. Uh, break every yoke, oh God. Uh, save on the day, God. Uh, Deliver on the day, God. Jesus, we need you, Lord. We need you, Jesus. We need you, Jesus. We're crying out to you, Lord. We know that you're able to save our souls. We know that you're able, God, to heal our bodies, Jesus. We know that you're able, God, to turn our situations around. Jesus, no other help we know. No other help we know. No other help we know, God. You're able able, Jesus, to deliver our children. You're able, Jesus, to save the unsaved husband. You're able, Jesus, to heal the cancer patient. Nothing too hard for you, Jesus. No other God we know. We know that you're able, Jesus. We know that you're able, Jesus. We say yes to your will, God. Yes to your way, Lord. Have your way, Jesus, and we'll thank you for it, and we'll give your name the praise and we'll bless you Lord yes we thank you Lord and we bless your holy name come on open your mouth and give the Lord some praise 
My message is entitled, The Wolf is at the Door. The Wolf is at the Door. Father, I thank you, God. I thank you, Lord, for your word. It's a lamp for our feet and a light for our path. I thank you, Lord, for the indwelling presence of your Holy Spirit that gives us new hearts, Lord, so that we can stretch out beyond our limitations and be ambassadors of you and your word to all who can still hear. I thank you, Lord, for the anointing of your spirit. I thank you for courage and compassion today. God, to speak things that need to be spoken in this generation. Help us, Lord, as a church, never to back away from truth. Help us to go forward and let it fall where it may. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. The wolf is at the door. Isaiah chapter 53. Prophet Isaiah says these words. Who has believed our report? Beginning at verse 1. And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, as a root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness, and when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He's despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. Surely he's borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities, and the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray, and we've turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. You know, it's, it's so important before we even begin to look at this passage of Scripture to understand that it was a religious system that crucified Christ. You know, we understand that the Roman authorities were the instruments of his death, but it was the religious order of the day created by God's own people that put the Son of God on a cross. There were leaders in that generation, and they had, they had used their position over the people to garner titles for themselves. They had adorned themselves in righteous robes, as they saw it, and they, they loved to parade among the people, as Jesus said, and be called master, teacher, teacher, teacher in the marketplace. But Jesus himself came in a form that he did not take on this form of grandeur that men give to themselves. And also, too, they created a system of salvation that was much wider and much more inclusive than the one that God had given to us. As a matter of fact, it was so narrow that Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one can come to the Father except through me. They were so offended when he challenged their religious system because they had, they had created this wide door into eternal life and eternal bliss with God that doesn't exist. All kinds of people were coming into the temple, defiled and going out defiled. They were living in manners and ways that the Bible clearly indicated would leave them excluded from the kingdom of God forever. And so in comes this man. He's not interested in their system. He's not trying to garner one of their titles. He's not doing things their way. The Bible says there was no beauty in him that we should desire him. 
He's not dressed in righteous robes. He's, he's not got boxes on his forehead. He's not walking around with tassels on his arms. He's not parading like some rooster before the people. Talking about how close to God he actually is. They despised him and rejected him because he challenged the religious system. They had created a system of redemption that did not exist. Do you understand? And that's the propensity of humankind. The original sin in the Garden of Eden is that we can be as God is. Remember, we can, we can become judges of what's good and what's evil. And if you take that to its logical extension, we can start declaring things that are, that are God forgives when he doesn't. We can start declaring behaviors righteous when they're not. We can start telling people they're going to heaven when they aren't. That is the grave, grave danger of religion. When humankind in its sin nature is allowed to take it and so twist it and so pervert it that it becomes something that God never intended it to be. Can you imagine sitting in a place as a professed or supposed believer in Christ only to end up at the throne of God one day to find out you've been outside the whole thing all along? What a tragedy that's going to be for so many. He was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. There was a, a heaviness in the heart of the Son of God as he looked on the people as sheep without a shepherd. But we hid our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. And we are, of course, reliving the scripture again in great measure in our day. In many, many places, even where God's people are gathering, the word of God is despised. And we are now gravitating to fancy preachers who have opened the door real wide to people who are not going to heaven, giving them false peace when they're not at peace with God. The Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 5, 17, if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. The old things are what? Passed away. And behold, all things are become new. If, if we are in Christ, if Christ is in us, that means a new value system. It means a new heart. It means a new mind. It means a new way of speaking, thinking, living. It means that what God says is good is good, and what God says is evil is evil. We don't try to change that. We accept that from the Word of God. Now, this message is given to shepherds to bring us not only to the knowledge of our salvation, but to the freedom which Christ bought for us. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And by his beating, as it is, that he took on the cross, we are healed. The old things don't have power over us anymore unless we choose to let them. The old ways of living, speaking, thinking, doing are broken. And we become new creations in Christ. We are able to look back and say, thank God, I'm not what I used to be. I'm not everything that I hoped to be, but thank God I'm not what I used to be, and thank God I'm going to be one day what Christ is calling me to be. So there's this constant moving forward in the life of a genuine believer, leaving an old way of thinking, an old way of living, an old way of speaking, and moving to truth, even when it's painful. The book of Proverbs says a righteous person swears to their own hurt and doesn't change. In other words, I say I'm going to do this, and I do it because God's word says I should, even if it causes me pain. And I don't turn from it. 
Now, Paul was this kind of a shepherd. He, he didn't hold back, as I said earlier. This is what he said in Acts chapter 20, verses 26 to 31. He said, therefore, I testify to you to say I'm innocent of the blood of all men. In other words, and this is the cry of my heart. If anyone here today hearing my voice ends up in hell, let it not be my fault. Let it never be because I didn't declare to you the whole counsel of God or I didn't warn you of something that had the power to drag you down into eternal darkness. For I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. Therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. Paul says, for this I know, that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Also from among yourselves, men will rise up speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after themselves. Therefore, watch and remember that for three years I did not cease to warn everyone, he said, day and night with tears. Paul said there's going to be wolves that are going to come, and they're all already, there's packs of them now. It's not just a few. There's many now in our generation. And they're going to come to devour the sacrifice of Christ and the promise of new life through him. They're going to promise you liberty as the scripture says in the New Testament, but they themselves are the slaves to corruption. They're promising something they're not experiencing themselves and they can't deliver it. Listen to what Jude says, the last book of the New Testament before the book of the Revelation. Verse 3 says, Behold, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. For certain men have crept in unnoticed, who long ago were marked out for this condemnation, ungodly men who turn the grace of our God into lewdness and deny the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. I want to remind you, though you once knew this, that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed those who did not believe. And the angels who did not keep their proper domain but left their own abode, he has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness for the judgment of the great day. As Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities round about them in a similar manner to these, having given themselves over to sexual immorality and gone after strange flesh, are set forth as an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Here's what the wolves do. They teach that you can live a lifestyle against the word of God and still claim heaven as your eternal home. That is the wolf that's now at the door of the Christian church in America. Listen to what the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 to 11. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Be, do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, that means people who engage in sexual intercourse outside of the bonds of marriage between one man and one woman. Fornicators are not going to inherit the kingdom of God. Settle it, it's in the word of God. Don't be deceived into thinking you can live in a moral lifestyle and heaven will still be your home. So hard for this generation to hear. 
when you've got preachers standing in pulpits saying, well, God understands your need and God is a God of love and God won't send anybody to hell. No, that's not true. God is a God of love. We know that. But the Bible tells us that fornicators have no inheritance in the kingdom of God. Nor idolaters, people who have other loves in there. Something that is in your life that, that is, is, is your whole obsession. Churches or Christ is just a little part of your life. But there's something else in your life that you're pursuing. Nor adulterers, people who engage, who are married but engage in... You know, today we take words like adultery and we call it an extramarital affair, as if it's a black tie event. You know, you are invited to an extramarital affair next Friday at 5 o'clock. Bible calls it adultery. Adultery. Settle it. Deal with it. The sex outside of marriage will keep you outside of the kingdom of God. And sex outside of the bonds of the person that you are married to, the, white, the man or woman you're married to, will also keep you outside of the kingdom of God, unless it's repented of. Nor homosexuals, nor sodomites. In other words, that's both, men and women. Folks, listen. I understand the dilemma, in a sense, uh, that some might face in same-sex attraction. But I'm telling you, you can't give in to that lifestyle on any level. Because the Bible clearly says it will leave you outside the kingdom of God. Jesus himself says some people are eunuchs for the kingdom of heaven. So in other words, some people just live their lives without any sexual activity for the kingdom of heaven's sake. And he said, whoever can hear this, let them hear it. You know, you can, you go to a funeral, for example, and you can dress it up with flowers all around, and you can, there's a death certificate, and the preacher can get up and say nice words, but the reality is that the corpse is still dead. You can't make it live. It doesn't matter what you do, but it's the same with homosexual marriage, folks. I've got to say it straight out today. I'm not going to hold back on it. You can adorn it with flowers. You can get a certificate from City Hall. You, you can find some backslidden preacher to say nice words about it. But the wages of sin is still death. You can't change that. Now listen. I'll be called a hater for, for this message today. I understand that. But I'm not a hater. If I hated you, I'd let you go to hell. If I hated you, I'd let you die in your sin. If I walk down the street and your house is on fire and you're up in your bedroom window and I don't warn you, am I really a good neighbor? Do I really love you? Do I really care about your eternal destiny? You can curse me out of your bedroom window all you want, but I will still warn you that your house is on fire for your soul's sake. Nor thieves. Lest we should think that we're just going to focus on one thing. Or thieves. That means people who steal. That's simple. People who steal. People who steal little. They have a contract maybe and steal a little bit more than they should. Income tax time is coming around, folks. Are you going to pay your taxes? Nor covetous. Nor drunkards. People who 
come to church this morning, but you were out at a club last night. You're drinking and dancing, and, and this foolishness, I'm out there to share the testimony of Christ. Who are you kidding? If you really are there to do that, stand on the sidewalk with pamphlets in your hand and give it to the drunks coming out of the club. You don't need to be in there with them. No revilers. You know, especially in, in this environment we're now living in, in this country at this time, where reviling is, a, is, is become the speech of the day, where it's, it's fashionable just to curse everybody around you. You know, Paul said revilers don't inherit the kingdom of God. We have a different heart. We have a different spirit. We're, we're a different kind of people. Jesus himself said, blessed are the peacemakers. Yours is the kingdom of heaven. Nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. I love that. Would be to God that I can honestly say that of everybody here today. Such were some of you. But you are sanctified. That means you are set apart for the kingdom of God. You are, you, 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 you honestly repented. You walked away. You moved away from what God's word says is wrong. You can't make it right. You can't change it. It doesn't matter if a million people say, oh, isn't this wonderful? If God's word says it's not, it's not. You are sanctified. You walked away. You walked away from these old ways of thinking, these old behaviors and all of these things. And you set yourself apart for the kingdom of God. You're justified in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. Now, you and I are living in an hour where the wolf is heading to the door of the church, demanding in our generation that we bow down to this new definitions of good and evil. This is where we're living. The days of being able to say without penalty what I'm saying today are, are over. If they're, not, if they're not over, they're very close to over. It's an amazing time that we're now living in. Jesus said in John chapter 10, I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But a hireling who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. This is the point. There's a lot of hirelings in a lot of pulpits in America today. And they're, they're, they don't necessarily leave the people, but they leave biblical truth. They flee the truth when the wolf is at the door. When the wolf says, if you don't bow down, this is our golden statue. This is what this generation is going to look like. This is what you'll preach. These are the truths that you will espouse. They will bow down when the music plays to save themselves because it's always been about themselves, not about the people. The hireling will flee. And you, will, you are seeing and you will see a huge departure from biblical truth in the Christian church in this last hour we're living in. The Bible declares that there's going to be an apostasy, a great falling away in the last days from biblical truth. And the hirelings will lead the people, not into the narrow way of eternal life, but into that broad way of destruction. And they flee because it's always done about them. It's been about the robes. It's been about the praises of man. It's been about the titles. It's been about the numbers. It's been about the apparent evidences of success. Then when Christ comes and challenges them, they hate him. His own system hated him. His own people hated him. 
They pushed him away because he declared their definitions of salvation and truth to be bankrupt. He told them they were full of dead men's bones. He said, you go across land and sea to get one convert and you make him twice the child of hell that you have become. These are the words of Christ. He warned us in the last days there would be a great falling away. He warned us. He said, you're going to be hated of all nations for my name's sake. You can't escape that. That's a promise in the word of God. We're going to be hated. It's starting now. You're seeing it in society. You're seeing it in the workplace. You can't even have an opinion on things anymore in this generation that we're now living in. Let me say it clearly now. Abortion. For the cause of birth control. Or, or so the people, I understand there are extenuating circumstances, so please don't misquote me on this. But for the cause of just birth control or for the cause of having sexual pleasure and not having to deal with the life that it can create is sin in the sight of a holy God. It's a terrible sin in the sight of a holy God. In America today, the deliberate gender confusing of our children in grade school is sin in the sight of a holy God. In our high schools, forbidding our children to pray and creating this fictitious division between the state and the church, which doesn't exist. If you really study it, you'll understand it never existed. It was created by the godless. Forbidding our children to pray in our schools is sin in the sight of a holy God. In our colleges, allowing godless professors to rise up and mock God and radicalize a whole generation against even their own nation that was founded by God for the purpose of being able to worship according to the word of God and freely by conscience is sin in the sight of a holy God. And the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Praise be to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So let this society despise him. Let them consider him ordinary. Let them rebel against his words. But this day, as Joshua once said, if it be hard to follow the Lord, that's your choice. Choose this day. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. By the grace of God, we will not bow before the wolf in this generation. By the grace of God, we will stand for the truth of God. By the grace of God, we will pray again. We will pray again as a church age. By the grace of God, we will stand up unashamed for the truth of Jesus Christ. We stand on the side of victory. We stand on the side. We stand on the side of eternal life in Jesus Christ. Glory, 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 glory. Glory, glory, glory.
And as uh, David the King once did, we will stand in this generation against the lion and the bear and everything that comes in to devour our children and to devour the people of God. It's time for the church of Jesus Christ to rise up. It's time for the people of God to fight back. It's time for us to begin to pray. It's time to run for public office. It's time for teachers to speak. It's time. It's time for the people of God. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Glory, 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 glory. The true shepherds of God in this generation are going to care more for the people than for their own safety. More than our own reputation. It's not going to be an easy road. But I don't know about you, but I'm not giving up this generation to darkness. I'm going to stand because the word of God stands forever. The opinions of men are like grains of sand on the seashore. They'll fall into nowhere. But the word of God abides forever. Now, here's where I conclude. If you're living in sin, I plead with you, while there's still time, turn. Turn from it. And trust God for the strength. I know there's some sitting here or listening online or they're in the annex and they say, you don't know how deep the bondage is. You don't know how powerful the draw is no I don't but I know the spirit of God is more powerful than all of that put together and I know the promise of God is that we will have a new life an eternal life the days of living in Christian ease is over in America folks it's over we're about to join our brothers and sisters in China and other places who are being persecuted for what they believe. In Iran, who are being jailed and put to death for believing in Christ. We've lived a very comfortable, very lazy Christianity in America, but those days are over. The wolf is now at the door. Pray for those of us who lead in any capacity that God will give us courage. As I pray for you, that God will give you a cleanness of life and practice and heart and give you the courage to speak up in whatever environment you find yourself in. Our children are starving for truth in this generation, and they're wide open. There's only a few Goliaths that claim that they have the power to keep us from being the people of God, but they don't. So I challenge you with all my heart, turn from sin, find that new life in Christ and rise up and be the person that God's called you to be. We're going to sing for just a few moments. We're going to worship. I guess my other call is just twofold today. It's for people to say, oh, God, help me, please, to turn from this thing in my life. I don't have to tell you what it is. You already know. Help me to turn away from watching pornography help me to turn away from drink help me God to turn away from that flirtation in the office 
help me, God, help me, God, to stop railing. Get me off, get me out of the seat of the scornful and help me to walk with the righteous. Deliver me, God, from cowardice and put a love for people in my heart that casts out all fear. Give me a voice to call this generation back to you again. And God, help me not to cower under the fear of the repercussions that will come all of our way. You know, I was in Washington, and there's an ex-general there who really gives courage to my heart every time I meet him and talk with him. And essentially, what he would say if he was standing here is, you have to fight for a cause higher than your own preservation. If it's just about preserving yourself, you'll flee when the enemy comes. If it's about others, you'll stand. May God give us the courage in this generation to stand for those that don't have a voice for themselves, for our children, for the unborn, for our high school students, for our college students, for every mother, every father, every child in this country that needs to know there's a Savior who died for them. Give us the grace to be kind and compassionate to all, not judging anyone, we leave that to God, but reaching as far as we can reach into this mass of fallen humanity with this message of incredible grace that belongs to every person who turns to it through Jesus Christ. So, Father, I thank you, Lord God, that you will today cause your kingdom to advance. You will give us the strength and courage that we now need as a people to stand against the, the onslaught of wickedness that wants to extinguish the testimony of your life and word. Lord Jesus Christ, I pray for courage for your people as others throughout the world have had to have. God, deliver us, Lord, from this life of ease that so many of your people have known and bring us into the true fight for the souls of men. Thank you, Lord Jesus Christ. God, we yield our bodies today to this purpose. We thank you in Jesus' name. So we're going to stand in a moment. For those who just, you just know you have to turn from something. And for those who want to turn towards Christ, maybe you don't have a struggle that I'm talking about in your life, but you say, God, I'm stuck in neutral. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going back and I'm not going forward. But today you say, I want to make a difference. I want my life to count. I want my voice to have authority. If that's you, we're going to stand. I'm going to ask you to make your way here. We're going to pray together and believe God to answer our prayer. In the annex, you can make your way here. We'll wait for you in the campus churches. Step between the screens, if you will. We'll be back in just a moment. Uh, every time I look at people at this altar, I see a mighty army of God. I, I do. I honestly do. So, Father, I pray today, Lord, that you would give every man, every woman, every young person who is at this altar who are responding in our campus churches or at home, courage, courage, Lord, and compassion. Lord, your word speaks of a perfect love that casts out fear. So, God, give us a love for people that we would not be afraid to speak truth. 
without condemning them, without railing, just loving and speaking the truth. Father, help those that are caught in sin to turn from it. Help us as your people, my God, to be clean. We who bear the treasure of Christ in these earthen vessels, cleanse us, God, of impurity and mixture and things that cause your voice not to be heard or your heart not to be seen. Give us the grace we need to be the people of God. Lord, help us. Help this nation. Give us a moment of mercy, Lord, to turn back to you again. Give us the grace to pray. Heal our homes, our families, our marriages, our children, my God. Deliver us, Lord, from those that crept in to our schools, our colleges, and our high schools, Lord, and took captive our children. Deliver us, God, from this moment. As you delivered your people out of Egypt, deliver us, God, from those who are throwing our children into the river of confusion. Forgive us, Lord, as a people, as a nation, for what we allowed in our laziness to come into our borders. Forgive us, Lord God, for abdicating the training of our children and giving it to others, Lord, who took advantage and began to steal them from your kingdom. God, help us now to take our rightful place. Help the fathers here to take their place as the head of their home, as the guide, the spiritual guide of their families. Help the mothers to understand the incredible power that they have. Lord, it is truly said that the hand that rocks the cradle shapes the nation. That's true. That's true. I pray, God, for every, every woman here. God, I ask today, Lord, uh, that even from this meeting today, people would rise up and find your will and walk into it, Lord, with faith. Whatever it is, wherever you lead us, take us, Lord. We dedicate our lives to you, Lord. We dedicate our futures to you. We thank you for covering our past and our present failure and giving us the promise of new life into the future. Lord, we will not despise you. We will not turn our faces from you or lightly esteem you. Your word is the truth, Lord. It is the only guide we have into eternal life. So God, God help us, Lord. Help us to learn your word, to study your word, to know your word, and to cherish your word. Father, thank you for the great fruit that will be born into your kingdom just from the lives that are here at the altar and on their knees in their homes right now. Just thank you for the great fruit that will be born for your kingdom's sake. Lord, we bless you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise God.
Hallelujah, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. We just want to tell God thank you this morning. We thank him for bringing us all week long up until this present time. Thank you for coming into another week ending. Yeah, tomorrow the week ends, and we'll be into the weekend. And we thank him, we thank him. Thank him for blessing us, blessing our families. Things could be so much worse, so much worse. God yet bless us. And the wolf is now he's in the door. He's not at the door anymore. He's in the door. And so much evil and anger and hate in the world. This old world. All but one day God's bringing down a new heaven and a new earth. Hallelujah. Old things will pass away. No more crying. No more dying. Yeah. No more money. We don't have to worry about all of this craziness. Because today, that's what people after they clawing and, ooh, I mean, you owe a bill. They give you this month and next month bill. Things are so expensive. Money, 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 money. Yet God takes care of his people. We may not be filthy rich in money. But if we're seeking his face, turning from our wicked ways, he's hearing from heaven, forgiving our sins, the believer, his people, and he's healing our land. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. One day again, all of this will be over. So now is our appointed time. If ever there was time, a time to pray, now is that time. If ever there was a time to spread the good news of Jesus, now is that time. Yeah, we got to forget about ourselves, concentrate on him, and obey what his word has said. Pray without ceasing. Man ought to always pray and not faint. So we thank him this morning. Hallelujah. I'm going to look into that, Brother Lewis, some, some headphone speakers. But you know, God is faithful to his people. Every time I turn around, he keep on blessing me. You're going to get some bad news some days, a bad diagnosis from the doctor. But greater is he that lives within you than he that is in the world. Yeah. We can go before the throne of grace. And make our petition known unto Almighty God. It's time to pray. I don't care what your petition is. Whether it's healing. Whether it's finances. You need a place to live. Whatever it is today. We can go before him. And the main things we need to be going before him for. Is spiritual things. This old body going to pass away one day. But that spirit man can live on for Well it will. Live on forever. Okay. Whether it be in hell or whether it be with him in paradise, that spirit is going to live on that's in you, your life. So what we need to do is pray more for spiritual things. Lord, I don't understand this scripture. Lord, I don't understand how to apply this to my everyday life, your word. But if you give me wisdom, knowledge, and a great understanding of this, I can apply it to my everyday life. My desire would be to apply your word 
to my everyday life. Uh huh. He's able, he's able, he's able to see us through over and over and over again. But we got to pray. We got to open our mouth and tell him what we want. Tell him what we feel we even need. He know what we need, but we open our mouth and tell him we can't accuse him of giving us something we did not ask for. Hallelujah. God is faithful unto us. He'll be faithful unto death. He won't leave us nor forsake us. Yeah, his words say he'll be with us until the end. So whatever we need, we need to ask him for it. Yeah. Keep asking him for it because he's able to see us through. Oh, yeah. Went to the eye doctor yesterday and, uh, he told me cataract, and he explained to me it's like a film that's over your eye, and it makes it cloudy. With or without glasses, things will be cloudy. Yeah. So uh, they went over some cataract surgeries, and I'm like, my goodness, if you get the laser where you no longer need the glasses, $3,800 per eye. Each eye is $3,800. I, I tried to add it up, and it gets kind of overwhelmed me a little bit because $3,800 an eye? I can't even add that up right now. Uh-huh. But God is faithful. He'll open a door, and he'll make a way for you. Yeah. I believe I'm going to have that $3,800 eye, each eye surgery. Yeah. Thank you, Sion. <laughs> Almost 10 grand. A little bit more, and it would be 10 grand to have an eye surgery to remove the cataracts. Now, the the, the, the regular one, oh, yes, he does. The regular uh, cataract remover is with the knife or well, the scaffold, you know. And uh, insurance covers all of that. But if you get the laser, you know, way they, I'm assuming they burn them off and uh, you don't have to have glasses no more, then what happened is this. The insurance don't cover it. Yeah. Anything good for you, they, they, they're not going to cover that. <laughs> but the least expensive they can get away with, it, it, it depends on what insurance you have. I have two. But the least little bit that they can get away with is what they're doing. Yeah. I want to put this in your ear this morning, too. Those of you who can type and write, and uh, if you have a printer and a computer, or if you don't, and you have what we call um, JPEG. If you know about JPEG or if you want to learn about JPEG, let me know. Because I'm going to need some people in a minute to help me write inmates. But I want to share this with you. Keep it Jesus. Keep it in writing inmates. Keep it all Jesus. No money. You don't give money. You don't send cards. You you don't do any of that. You write them about the goodness of Jesus. No matter what. We want to be a blessing to others and 
those that are incarcerated. See, he said, when, uh, yeah, you, you really haven't done this to the least of mine. And they asked him, well, when, when, when did we not do it? He said, when you didn't uh, visit those that were sick in the hospital or sick at home. When, when, when you didn't see those that was hungry that came your way and you knew they was hungry, and you told them, I'll be praying for you, but you never gave them a, a, a sandwich, a salad, nothing. You didn't go to the jail or prison and visit nobody. You knew people who had got locked up, people in your family. But you say that it's their fault and I'm not doing nothing. They knew better. Even those people, God so loved them. And this is what he wants us to do. He wants us to look after these people. Children that don't have a father. Men can go over and help these young men, godly men, godly men, believers, real godly men. Not nobody going to try to be with the mama or molest the child. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to godly men who going to Go over in God and keep it in Jesus. Nothing else. Go see about the widower. Go see about the elderly. Are we being church? Just a hikam a sign. They them come on the Kawasaki. I saw him in the Mitsubishi. Have not done nothing for the elderly people in our own family, but went over there and tried to get all we could from them. That's what we did. Yeah, you, you didn't go over there to be a blessing. You went over there uh, with them being a blessing to you. God is not pleased. We got a lot of elderly people afraid to trust anybody because the wolf is at their door. You got people that are handicapped. We won't give them a ride. We won't help them do nothing. We're too busy working. We're too busy with our mind on stuffing things for us and our family. But we got to change that, believers. Women, you can go help an elderly widow man or help a widow man, but you can't go over there with the idea I'm single. Maybe he could be my husband. No, go over there in Jesus and keep it in Jesus. Uh-huh. Go do some laundry for him, cook him a meal, uh, uh, straighten up his house. But you're keeping it in Jesus because you're going because of what his word said. You're not going because of your flesh. One sister told me she wanted this man so bad he was with another lady. And she wanted him so bad she tricked him from the other woman. And when she got him, what she thought she was going to get from him, it died. All of that died. Yeah. They couldn't even sleep together in the same bed. Why, Barbara? He came, became sick instantly. And all she could do is take care of a sick man. Now, she have left him with that other woman. She wouldn't have had that problem. But we don't, in the house of the Lord, we don't even stay in the spirit in the house of the Lord. We stay in our flesh looking around in the flesh, 
seeing what sister looked good to us and who we may be in, in the house of the Lord. Yeah, God gave man a choice. He could step to a lady. But look here. Don't go to the house to get you a woman. Or get in the house and then see somebody you like and then stop fooling around. God is not pleased. And you wonder why things never got good for you. Because you're not good to God, even in his house. I'm just telling you the truth this morning. You're not a giver. You don't plant seeds. You go to take stuff. You go to get what you can get from somebody. You don't go to bring them nothing, take them nothing, do nothing for them. I'm telling you what he pleased with this morning. And that's why you're not the lender. You're the borrower. Because you got to give. If you give and plant seeds, you won't be the barrier. You'll be the lender. God loves a cheerful giver. He will increase what you give. He will give it back to you double. He'll give it back to you a hundredfold. You sick, he'll heal you. Your children going through, he'll bless them. But we like the world. We want all we can get from somebody. And if we're giving, we're giving it to the wrong people. That's why you're the, you're the barrier. Because you're giving your money to the wrong place and the wrong people. Won't plant it in good ground. Hallelujah. Good soil. Fertilized soil bring a wonderful harvest. I'm a living witness. Got to plant it in the right soil. Soil that's fertilized. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. My brother, he was uh, supporting my ministry. And he got with this woman, and she told him, your sister? Oh, no, she got plenty. Look where she lived. He followed that foolishness. Money went down like good cash went up. Once he saw what was going on, well, my money, it's not like he ran back. Hey, I got something for you. Can you stop by today? Why? He realized when he was given planting seed in this soil, he was being blessed. It was being multiplied to him. Yeah. Thousands of dollars. I'm like, look at this boy. Yeah. I remember this thing years ago in the 80s. The stock market was getting ready to fall. The day before, he went and pulled all his stocks, bonds, everything he had, he pulled it out. Retirement, everything. And he came by my job and left me a picture of his check. And later on, we talked. I said, you moved? He said, I moved everything I had. I just felt I needed to do it right quick. The next day, the stock market fell. But it didn't take his stuff, his money. He was a giver. When he would see children in the family, he would give the children some money. If it wasn't but a dollar, five dollars. If it was more than three, he didn't give five dollars. You know, he might have gave two dollars a piece. But he always was a giver. He would give people rides. And that devil come for him. And he got caught up with the devil's nest. Started smoking drugs. Completely lost his mind. But because of his giving, he's blessed today. He's yet blessed. Yeah. 
roof over his head, elected, washed, dry. He got what he needs. God yet supplied his need and given extra because of the giving. But we don't want to give nothing. We scared of God. Well, if I do this, I'm not going to have that. Of course, you're not going to have that and nothing else in a minute because you don't want to give nothing. And I'm telling you, even in giving at your church, you got to be careful. So today we're looking at the books of, I mean, the Acts of the Apostle in the book of Acts. We're going to start at chapter 1, and we're going to pray to finish the book of Acts. And somebody said, well, why didn't we pass Exodus and go, I'm led. That's all I can tell you, the book of Acts. Prayed, and this will come. So we're going to get into the book of Acts this morning. And we thank God that we can. Hallelujah. We thank God that he, because some people never got that far in the Bible. And some people got that far, but they really didn't understand, but they read it. And so today, I want to start off, we reading the book, the chapters. Yeah. And praying that the Lord give us wisdom, knowledge, and understanding of his word. And we'll be okay. Yeah, he's able. Let's pray right quick. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I bring these your people before you this morning. And Father, you know what they stand in the need of today. Lord, you know the desires of their hearts. God, you know many times we're human and we forget. But Father, we are asking that you would remind us of your word today. Teach us, Lord, how to apply it to our everyday life. And as we go through the book of Acts, Father, we ask that you would give wisdom, you would give knowledge, and most of all, you would give a great understanding. And Lord, we can apply this word to our everyday life. The Old Testament was written for our learning, but Father, this New Testament, we must apply it and help us today. And Lord, if we don't study, if we don't read it, we can't apply it because we don't know it. And those things that we've forgotten, that's in your word that we know multiplied in us, magnified in us, blow it up in us, God, in the name of Jesus, that we'll do your will, run this race until, Father. You call our name and beckon for us. Do it today in the name of Jesus. And, Father, all until we finish the last chapter, the last verse of the book of Acts, Lord, we ask that you would stay with us and that, God, you would continue to give us understanding. In all our getting this morning, Father, we want to get understanding of your word. Do it for us today. In the precious name of Jesus, we ask it all. Amen and hallelujah. Thank you this morning for your word. Father, your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Forever, O oh God, that word is settled in heaven. And Lord, we know heaven is a special place, not in and everything go on there. So if your word is settled there, we know that it's truth in the earth, on the earth. Help us today. Again, in Jesus' name, we ask it all. And Father, we thank you. Amen and hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. So listen, in the book of Acts, 
the apostles of Jesus Christ, he, he went out and got him 12. Now, we have a lot of people today that say they're apostles, but they're not really going out uh, doing what these apostles did. You can go to them, but no sick will be healed. No lame will walk and no dead will be recovered, but they say they're apostles. We pray for them and keep it moving. We don't focus on them. We pray for them and keep it moving. And our prayer is that, God, you would give them an understanding that you're no toy. You're not to be played with. You destroy your enemy. You have all power. There's no higher power. Yeah, we pray for them. Keep it moving. Hallelujah. So in chapter 1, it says this. The former treaties have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach. So he was given an earlier account of all the things that Jesus did and of his teachings from the from the very first day, let's say, very, very beginning. Until the day in which he was taken up, after that he through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen. To whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. So till the day he was taken up to heaven. After that he, I mean, after he had given his orders through the Holy Ghost to the apostles of whom he had made selection. He chose the 12. And he went to, went up to heaven because he went back to prepare a place for us that where he is, we may be also one day. To whom he gave clear and certain signs that he was alive. He didn't do it for everybody. After his death, he came back, but he didn't show himself to any and everybody. Yeah, I can remember them, them uh, Sadducees, Pharisees, uh, fighting over. He couldn't have been a. He couldn't come back. I think it was the Pharisees believed that he could, but the Sadducees they didn't. They didn't believe in life after death of any kind, no matter who it was. <clears throat> But we knew that the enemy was working because of this. All that Jesus did. Who 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 did they know in that day rose people from the dead? Called Lazarus Holy. Who did they know in that day the man had been sitting for 30 years, if I'm not mistaken, almost begging. And Jesus went there and healed him. The blind man got to see. He fed thousands, I believe, with two fish and five loaves of bread. And he told them, if you don't believe that, you know, I'm telling you the truth, if you don't believe that I'm the son of God, believe on the very works that I do. They couldn't do it. So, for he was seen by them for 40 days and gave them teachings about the kingdom of God. Look at this. He told them, 
y'all tear this temple up and down, it's going to be built back in three days. When they tried to explain, he wasn't talking about the physical building. He was talking about his body. But they didn't want to hear that because they wanted to do to him what they wanted to do because he brought a brand new message. And he, they wanted people looking up to them and not following the truth. And it's like that today because the wolf is in the door. They don't want to hear the truth. Even in these buildings, they say is the church, is the house of prayer. That's a lie. Some of them never say it's a house of prayer because it's a lie. They know it's not. You can't go there just for prayer. They got some other stuff going on up in there. And if you begin to praise God, and the power come down, they still want to try and cut it off because they got something to say. When God, the Spirit of the Lord, has come and blessed in the house. I'm just telling you the truth. Verse 4 says, And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which said he, Ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water. But ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. See, he told them what was coming. God was sending a comforter for them. He had to go. His, his, his mission was done. His work was done here. So he had to go back, and he went on back. Oh, but the comforter come. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We thank God for that. So look. And to whom he gave clear and certain signs that he was living after his death. For he was seen by them for 40 days and gave them teachings about the kingdom of God. And when they were all together with him, he gave them orders not to go away from Jerusalem, but to keep there waiting till the word of the Father was put into effect, of which he said, I have given you knowledge. But John, for, for the baptism of John was with water. But you will have the baptism with the Holy Ghost after a little time. Yeah. He got together with them for 40 days and taught them some things. Let them know, I got to go now. Uh-huh. When they, verse 6, when they, uh, therefore, will come together, they ask of him, saying, Lord, Wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel? Now, this Jesus, the Son of God, God, is talking to them about spiritual things. Now, he chose the twelve, and they couldn't keep it spiritual. They concerned about will he restore again the kingdom of Israel? What? What is that? got to do with, that's, that's not even important. You've got the Messiah here. you got the true God right here with you, and that's all you can think to ask. And when he said unto them, it is not for you to know the time or the season, which the Father has put in his own power. Let's get past to matter a, 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 a kingdom of Israel being restored. Listen, let's do this right here. Uh, but, he, but ye shall receive power, and after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria 
and unto the uttermost part of the world. Now that is God. Spiritual things that's important. Spiritual things are more important than natural things. I know you won't believe me. Even your natural life, spiritual things are more important than that. If you look back at folk he took straight from the earth, straight to heaven, they never died. And even if you die in him, to be absent from this old body is to be present with him. So I'm giving you spiritual things, but I see you really can't understand. But you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me in both Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Wow. Power. Power to speak those things that are not as though they were. Power to bind up the work of the enemy. Power. To heal the sick, to cast out demons, to raise the dead. But they was on some other stuff here, as they say. Nine says, and when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. He had to go. He gave them all he needed to give them, and he left. And even when he was here, there was an understanding because their mind was not in tune to being a blessing to him. Their minds were in tune to him being a blessing to them. And that's the way we are today. We want all that God can give us, but what are you giving him daily as often as you can? Many giving prayers of give me, give me, give me. I need, I need, I need. I won't, I won't, I won't. Let's give some prayers of just thank you. Let's give some prayers of, Lord, I lift you up so you can draw others. Let's give some prayers, Lord, I love you. Let's give some prayers of draw me nearer to you. Let my will become your will. Have your way in me and in my life. All we want is what he can give us because we're giving more to the natural than we are to the spirit. Mm -hmm. He spoke these things and while, while they were looking, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, in white clothing, which also said, ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? Why are you looking up in the sky? What's going on? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. Yeah, two angels appeared and reminded them. Then returned they unto Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is from Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. Remember, he told them, don't leave, stay. 
And the reason for that, the promise was coming. Hallelujah. And when they were coming, they went up into an upper room where abode both Peter and James and John and Andrew and Philip and Thomas and Bartholomew and Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon, the Lotus, and Judas, the brother of James. Yeah, they went up. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. Look, they stayed together. They stayed on one accord. They didn't fight against each other. They didn't, uh, I'm Baptist, you Methodist, I'm Lutheran, I'm Presbyterian. They didn't go through all. They stayed on one accord. They had one mind. They stayed in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brother. And in those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples and said, the number of names together were about 120. Men and brethren, this scripture must needs have been filled, which the Holy Ghost by the mouth of David spake before concerning Judah, which was God to them that took Jesus. Yeah, Judas Iscariot. Yeah, he came and betrayed the Lord. They said for 30 pieces of silver, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> yeah. For he was numbered with us and had obtained part of this ministry. Yeah, he was a part of y'all. He sat at the table, ate that last supper. He was over the money. <laughs> Judas was something serious. Now this man purchased a field with the reward of iniquity. And falling headlong, he burst asunder in the midst. And all his bowels gushed out. So he's telling them what happened. Judas got the 30 pieces and bought some land out soon. Yeah. Now this man, with the reward of his evil doing, got for himself a field and falling head first, came to a sudden and violent end there on his property. Yeah. So look. And it was known unto all the dwellers at Jerusalem insomuch as that field is called in their proper tongue of Seldoma, of Seldoma. That is to say, the field of blood. He took his 30 pieces, went and bought him some land, and died on a Kedema. Oh, that's it right there. A Kedema, that is to say, the field of blood. But it is written in the book of Psalms, let his habitation be desolate and let no man dwell therein and his bishop let another take. They had to get another person to replace Judah. Yeah, and they did. Look what he had in Jesus. Look what he had in the Lord. None of us we don't even understand what we have in Jesus. 
The songwriter tried to warn us. The songwriter tried to help us to understand what a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs we bear, all because we do not carry every little thing to God in prayer. Look at what we got. We can call unto the Lord, call his name, and he'll come. His name is the name where the righteous can run in and be saved. Look what we got. David said he cried unto the Lord, and the Lord heard his cry. David was a man. They told me, oh, he counted the tears of a woman. But guess what? David was a man and cried, and God heard him. Anybody. If we belong to him and we believe in him, I promise you, you can have what you want. Number one, you'll have a peaceful life. The devil won't be in your house. Them spirits won't be running around in your house. Peaceful life, joyful. Every time you go out, people want to know, well, why is she smiling? Why is he smiling all the time? For the joy of the Lord is my strength. Great is he that lives within me than he that is in the world. We know that Judas was assigned to this task. Oh, but it could have been different if he'd have been sincere. I believe God would have found another way. He made ways where there is no way. Open doors where there's not even a door there. He's almighty God again this morning, Jehovah, that have all power. There's no higher power, but you got to believe that. And all power is on your side. You won't feel it. You won't believe it. You won't know it because you don't believe it. But if you believe it and let go, he'll show you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Wherefore, these men which have accompanied with us all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us. He was there all the time, in and out. Healing the sick. Remember, he went over the girl. They said she was dead. He said, she's not dead. He called the four. Wake up. Open your eyes. <laughs> In other words, you're not dead. Beginning from the baptism of John until that same day that he was taken up from us, must one be ordained, ordained to be a witness with us of his resurrection. And they appointed two, Joseph called Basabas, and whose surname was Justice and Matthias. Yeah. And they prayed and said, Thou, Lord, which knoweth the hearts of all men, show whether of these thou, these two thou hast chosen. They prayed that the Lord would give them the one to replace Judas. Yeah. And they prayed and said, Thou, Lord, which knoweth the hearts of all men, show whether of these two thou hast chosen, that he may take part of this ministry and apostleship, from which Judah, by transgression, failed, that he might go to his own place. And they gave forth their lot, and the lot fell upon Matthias, and he was numbered with the 11 apostles. Yeah. 
to take position as a servant and apostle from which Judas, by his sin, was shut out so that he might go to his place. And they put it to the decision of chance. And the decision was given for Matthias. And he was numbered with the 11 apostles. He became number 12. Uh-huh. Jesus chose these men, even Matthias. God chose him too. They prayed and that's who it fell on him. God is faithful. And see, many times we don't get to see miracles because we don't believe. Some things God go on and allow to be a miracle with a bunch of non-believing there, but most times if you believe God, he's moving. The faith the size of a mustard seed. That's real tiny. He said we could tell this mountain to go out to the sea. It's got it's got to go out there. You can speak those things in your home that you want to take place. Speak things over yourself. Don't speak negative because that's what you're going to have. Speak positive to yourself. I'm getting that house I want. I'm getting that apartment I want. I'm getting that car that I want. I'm drawing closer to God. I'm, I'm knowing what my ministry is. I'm going to work in my ministry full time. My children are going to be what God said they're going to be. Because when we look out in the natural, it appears impossible. It will appear that it is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Now unto him, we take it to the Lord in prayer, believing, and walk away. Looking around to see who we can help, who we can be a blessing to, who God can use us to bless somebody. Yeah. So in Acts chapter 2, in verse 1, again, Acts chapter 2 and verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Yeah. I want to look at something right quick. All right. And we're moving on. Uh, the word Pentecost comes from the Greek word meaning 50th. Jewish festival of Pentecost. Uh, Shabbat, meaning weeks and falls of the 50th day after original Passover. On the on that, it is also known as the Feast of Weeks and the Feast of 50 Days. But what I see, well, Pentecost is a Christian holiday that takes place on the 50th day after Easter Sunday. It is also known as Whit Sunday. Whit Sunday or Whit Son. The word Pentecost comes from a Greek word meaning 50th the Jewish festival festival of Pentecost called Shavuot, 
meaning weeks in Hebrew, fall on the 50th day after the original, blah, 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 blah. But listen, I saw what it was. I saw that on the day of Pentecost when they was all with one accord in one place, the promise that God promised them came. Now, I don't know about celebrating Pentecost unless you praising and worshiping God and those that are there who has not been baptized in the Holy Ghost. That's what we come seeking. We come seeking God that he will fill all that are in the house in one place on one accord. Now, I can see that, but just a festival of celebration, I can't see that. What difference you're making? Yeah, I, I want to be in one place on one accord so that those who have not received them can receive them. And we know unless God draws, you can't come. And we have many times good intention, and that's, I believe that's what they had with having a 50-day celebration of festivals and this and that, uh, saying they represent Pentecost. They had good intention. Just like Cornelius. But somewhere, if God haven't drawn, you're not going to come for the right reasons. You're not going to do what really needs to be done because you haven't been drawn. He haven't given the leadership his spirit. They're doing things according to what they think and to their natural, yeah, all of this go on in this house. So look, chapter two, 2 says, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. He didn't give them no date when it would come. There wasn't no need in seeking a date. You had to wait on them. And even with receiving his spirit, some of us, had to wait on him. Yeah. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. His twelve that Jesus chose. And they appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and were talking in different languages as the Spirit gave them power. That's what the basics say. But he said power would come and then he'd be filled. So, Verse 5 says, and there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. Now, when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. Now, how was that possible? God know everything and everybody, every language, he know everything. I've been in some places where I didn't understand the language. And the Lord 
told me what to do and what to say. And when I did that, they understood. Oh, come, come, come. They understood perfectly. The Holy Ghost knows everybody. Nobody is a stranger to God, to the Spirit of God. And his word even said to obtain friends, one must show himself friendly. Yeah. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. Now, when this was noise abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. And they were all amazed and marveled saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? And how hear we every man in his own tongue, wherein we were born, in his own language? Yeah. Those that from America, we speak English. So if some Englishmen was there, they got to hear it in English. But they say this who was there, Parthians and Medes and Elamites and the dwellers of Mesopotamia and in Judea and Cappadocia and Pontus in Asia. Pergia, I don't forgot how to pronounce that one, and Pamphylia in Egypt and in, in the parts of Libya, all serene and strangers of Rome, Jews and Postites, Crates and Arabians. We do hear them speak in our tongue the wonderful works of God. They knew. Some of them knew. Not all, because remember I said now, if he don't draw you, you can't come. If he don't draw you, you won't understand. You're put natural before the spirit. But if he, if he draws you, you're going to learn that it's always carnal fighting, warring against the spirit. But see, some of them didn't know. And they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, what mean is this? Others mock and said, these men are full of new wine. That's those who didn't know. But those who know, we do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. All right. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, <laughs> lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea, and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken, as ye suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see vision, and your old men shall dream dreams. Now they tell me a woman should have nothing to say in the church. Be silent. Now this is not the Old Testament. This is the New Testament. He said he was going to pour his spirit out upon all flesh, and his daughters shall prophesy. Huh? Daughters need women. In this book, 18 says, and on my servants and on my handmaidens, I will pour out in those days of my spirit, 
and they shall prophesy. He said it again. Handmaidens. And I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath. Blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before that great and notable day of the Lord comes. I know we don't see what they call an eclipse and all kind of things. <laughs> and it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And it shall come to pass that whosoever call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as ye yourselves also know. Him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God ye have taken, and by wicked hands have crucified and slain. Whom God has raised up Having loosed the pains of death Because it was not possible That he should be holding of it Death couldn't hold him But David speaketh concerning him I foresee the Lord always before my face For he is on my right hand That I should not be moved Therefore did my heart rejoice And my tongue was glad Moreover, also my flesh shall rest in hope. And for this cause, my heart was glad and my tongue full of joy and my flesh will be resting in hope. Now, faith is the substance of things hopeful. We believe in and we don't ever want to doubt. We don't ever want to give up. 27 says, because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell. Neither will thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. You're not going to let my soul be in hell. And you will not give up your holy one to destruction. Twenty-eight says, Thou hast made known to me the ways of life. Thou shalt make me full of joy with thy countenance. Men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you of the patriot David, that he is both dead and buried, and his scepter is with us unto this day. Therefore, being a prophet and knowing that God has sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he will raise up Christ to sit on his throne. He seeing he this before spake of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh did see corruption. Yeah. Jesus did no wrong when he walked. He didn't sin. He didn't look at what we were doing and, and decided to do it too. No. He held firm. To the will of the Father. Hallelujah. This Jesus has God raised up, whereof we all are witnesses. 
therefore being by the night, by the right hand of God, exalted and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he has shed forth this, which you now see and hear. So being lifted up to the right hand of God and having the Father's word that the Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost would come, he has sent this thing, which now you see and have knowledge of. He has sent him, not this thing, but he has sent him. That's why I prefer King James. There wasn't no thing he sent. He sent him, his spirit. Yeah. But David is not ascended into the heavens, but he said himself, the Lord said unto my Lord, sit thou on my right hand until I make thy foes thy footstool. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made the same Jesus whom ye have crucified, both the Lord and Christ. Now, when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Yeah, they felt bad. They felt guilty. That them themselves supposed to have been of God. Scribes and Pharisees and Sadducees and all these people. Supposed to have been of God and you didn't even know God was in your midst and you crucified his son. Now you're feeling guilty. Now you're saying, what shall we do? God was glad they asked that because he forgave them and he still wished that none should perish. Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you. In the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin. Hey, glory. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and be set free today. Mean it from your heart. Mean it with everything that you got when you ask God to forgive you. Because we all have sinned and come short. Wasn't in the past, it's today too. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. He got to call you. If he don't, you can't come. But look at the promise unto you and unto your children and to all that are far off. Children that haven't been born yet, this promise is unto them. If they repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus for remission of sins, they'll receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. The children that haven't been born yet. For the promise is unto you and, and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, save yourselves from this untoward generation. If you get in now, you're going to grow. And when you get ready to depart from this life, 
your calling and election will be sure to you. I thank you, Lord. Then they that gladly received his words were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. In one day, that devil was mad, came against them. They're going to take over. We're going to lose our religion. That's what you had. You didn't have relationship. You had religion. And then you want to stay in control. And when you walk through with the big tosser hats and the big robes on, people look up to you. You didn't want to lose that. And if they didn't repent, they lost their life. Hell is their home. The only way to God is through his son, Jesus. 3,000 souls were added that day. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayer. Look, what Jesus taught the apostles, they taught the people. And the people held on to it. And they went from house to house even, breaking bread, praying, the word coming forth. I wish it could be like that today. Get rid of the buildings and uh, rascals and let the true men and women of God come and share Jesus, come and encourage the people, come and give the people hope. Yeah, this same Jesus that they crucified, he rose again. And he rose with all power. Yeah. And fear came upon every soul. See, that, that's when you know you, you, you're getting somewhere with God. That The beginning of wisdom is to fear God, to fear him. A fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. I'm sure they heal the sick. Somebody got to see again. Somebody got to walk again. Somebody was cured of their disease and much more. And all that believed were together and had all things common. Now, there you go right there. All those that believed were together and had all things common. I could see this. I could see the fear coming on the people. And they, they, they want more. And they had someone who, when they spoke about the word of God, they understood. They were in no building. Two women might have seen each other at the marketplace. And they stood there and talked about the goodness of the Lord. Because they was there. They was there when he was going from place to place, healing people and folk coming to him to be saved. And he feeding folks and uh, the dead raising up. They were there. They knew him, what he did. And they knew that the apostles was of him. So they had all things coming. Mm. And look what they did now. And sold their possession and goods. And parted them to all men as every man had need. 
Yeah. So what you need, food, okay, this for you. Uh, what you need, your mortgage pay, okay, what you need. Uh, your horse died, your donkey died, okay, whatever the need was. Uh, you owe back taxes, what you do, you got a doctor bill, what, what, what you got. They took care of all of that. They came together. I wish we could be like that again today. Yeah. We bring the money to the apostles or to the leadership that's true in God, and every need is met. Prosperity preachers mess people up. Now, yes, God wants us to eat good, live good, look good, smell good, do good, but he's the supplier. I don't have to go out and work two jobs, three jobs. Because that's me, that's not God. I can work one job, be a cheerful giver of tithes and offerings, plant seeds where I know it's fertile ground. I'm going to be able to give and be all right. Hallelujah. God showed me. I was given to inspiration of ministry. And I don't know what in the world I was doing, but I forgot one month and didn't give it. I got to see what happened when I didn't give. I didn't have no seed in the ground. He knew the next month I wasn't going to forget to plant that seed. He multiplied and showed me. He multiplied before I planted the seed. You know I had to plant that seed. Hallelujah. And he yet added, yet blessed me more. Give me a heart and a mind to read his word. Give me a heart and mind to talk to him more. Hey, glory. Hallelujah. Give me a heart and a mind to love others. Treat people right. Encourage them, inspire them. In God, not in me, and what I'm, I'm, I have going on. Hallelujah! But in the things of God, forty-six said, and they continue, continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. They, 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 they got together and followed each other. They ate together, and they, 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 they were glad. They was happy to eat. And everybody had the same heart. Everybody had love. Everybody wanted to obey God. Everybody understood because they had all things coming. Hallelujah. What was being taught, not only did they believe it, but they felt it. And they knew it was the words of God coming forth. Praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Only he can add. We can't. If he don't draw, we can't come. That's the only way it's happening. He must draw us. 
and then we must desire to stay with him. Hallelujah. Because if we don't stay with him, we're going to lose out right there. We already lost. We do dearly. I'm so glad he drew me. Oh, thank you, Lord. Because I didn't even know that. I didn't even know if he don't draw, I couldn't come. But he drew me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Not only did he draw me, he gave me understanding. Not only did he give me, not on all things now, but I go to him for what I don't understand. But he gave me enough understanding that I knew once I came to him, I had to get in his word to know more. I couldn't just come to him, ask him to forgive me, come into my heart and live forever, and that's it. No, I, I needed Bible study at church and at home. I needed prayer, a prayer life at church and at home. And I needed to tell him what I wanted. Let this mind be in me that was also in your son, Christ Jesus. It's you that supply my need according to your riches and glory by your son, Christ Jesus. I've learned that I can look to the hills which come at my help. All of my help comes from you. You made the heavens and the earth. Now I know without you, I can do nothing. It may sound good. It may look good. It may feel good. But if it's not you, it's no good. I began to learn some things. And I continued in his word. I continued in prayer. It didn't make me perfect. It didn't make me better than nobody else because I was yet human. But I was seeking a God that with him all things are possible. Some things I would ask, he would move quickly. Some things I would ask, it would take a long time. So long I forgot I asked for. And it would come and I would be looking, you asked for it. And he would let me go back and I would see. I remember I would pray the prayer of faith uh, in Hilltop in the project. Bless my going out and bless my coming in. Meet the need in my life according to your riches and glory. And something had happened. But I had gotten home and got inside the house. Oh, I can tell you something. And I said, Lord, this and that was going on. In other words, I'll escape this. He said, you asked me to bless you going, hey, Lord, hey, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for hearing our prayer. You asked me to bless you going out and bless you coming in. You asked me to supply your needs. According to my riches and glory by my son, you needed to be saved. I bless you to go out and get what you wanted and what you needed. I bless you to bring it in, to come on in. Safe and sound. What you brought in was what you needed. 
I remember in there, I was in what they call the candy lady. So cupcake brownies, little sweet but many, many sweet potato pies, (laughs) chips and drinks, and uh, we call them honey drippers. Some people call them chili bears, frozen cup, but it's fruit juice, and I mix sugar with it and freeze it. Pineapple was the flavor of every day. So I did these things to raise money to supply the children, the girls, with arts and crafts and the boys with arts and crafts because the, the, the owner of the apartments wasn't given nothing. And HUD, Housing and Urban Development, wasn't given a dime over there, not for, for arts and crafts. So God gave me a way so that I could make the money. He didn't just drop it out of heaven to me now. I had to go to work. I had to have a plan and put the plan into action. I think I started off, could have been $3, but it multiplied because I was faithful. So God used that. He used that, the candlelady deal, the arts and crafts. He used that so that people would know he was in there. If you wanted him, you could come to him. I can remember young women like Nicodemus sneaking by night for prayer. Oh, yeah. I come back one day from Sam's. I had gone to Sam's to get, you know, my my stock. And when I got home, it was crowded around my door, and one young lady had a box of brownie mix. She said, can you tell me how to make this? I don't quite understand. And then she said, don't tell me your brown. I said, yeah, my brown is from scratch. I don't, I don't box it up, you know. She was like, oh, man. And I really did not have time <clears throat> to walk up through the steps of some big box. Of, I, I really didn't. People was at the door ramping and breaking. I want two cupcakes. I want two brownies. I said, hold up, hold up. <laughs> and we had a fan. I get it from a young lady named Denise. Hold up, swole up. That was the word. That means, wait a minute. Let me get myself together. So I got all the stuff in the house, and I had a couple of little boys. They helped me to bring it in. And uh, they went on outside. Why didn't you get a bag of chips? I said, man, ain't nobody stealing from this Mac. Man, she coming back. She just wanted to get her stuff. In the house, I would put it in the kitchen. That didn't need to go in the freezer, the deep freezer. I would do it real quick. The rest of the stuff that was non-perishable, I left it out, went to the door, served everybody. And a little bit, you didn't see nobody at the door. Yeah. The drug boys, you know, they had a little money, so they were coming by uh, chicken wings and fries with the big fat yeast roll, uh, fried fish. Uh, fillets with with fries in the big fat yeast roll because they had a little bit more money. They could buy themselves uh, a, a $2 slice of cake because I tried to keep the prices as low as I could. This was the project. I made candy bags, put five pieces of candy in that, and that was 25 cents. It got to the place where God blessed me. 
you know, the miniature chocolate bars like Hershey's and uh, Mounds and Kit Kats, I was able to put two or three pieces of those in the little bag and put bubble gum. And I mixed it up. Each bag was different. When the kids came to the door, Kevin Hart had just come out with that saying, all right, all right, all right, you're going to learn today. I'm telling you the truth, y'all. That's how I answered the door. I would say, all I said was, all right, all right. The kids would say, you're going to learn today. And the lady upstairs, she said, Miss Mack, you got to cut this foolishness out. I said, what? She said, Miss Mack, those kids love you too much, and you have something for them on that door. I said, yeah, because so they know I love them too. She said, you have me screaming up there. I said, you can hear me. She said, Miss Mack, I hear everything. One day, um, one, one of the boys, older boys, come to the door talking crazy. Well, Miss Mackey should. I said, look here. I'm not with that program today. <laughs> she said, I was screaming. <laughs> when I heard you say that, I was screaming up here. One day, she saw something out the back window, a little girl being molested. She didn't know what to do because she, you know, she didn't know the people. I really didn't know everybody out there, but I knew God, and she come and told me, you know, so I was able to do something about it. Yeah. But see, this the thing. Whatever we do, we got to go in Jesus. Don't go in yourself. You're going to make a mess. Go in Jesus, asking, Lord, lead and guide me in this situation. Don't let me be out here doing stuff on my own. Yeah. Thank you, Brother Louis. Start the 14-day trial. Learn more resources for Acts 2. Okay, Brother Louis. I, I just wanted to read and just, just throw a, a few words in that, not not really uh, teaching it per se. We're reading it. Yeah, and some things I just, as it come to me, I'll throw it in there. And then it may lead to a testimony off and on. Yeah. So look. Uh, okay, but I, I am going to, let me do this right now, Brother Louis. I am going to do it right now. I'm going to copy this because I may already have it. He said he copied too much. Now, this is good. This is good. Yeah, even the maps, Brother Louis, it said uh, a Sabbath day. It took a Sabbath day to get there. So that that's good information right there. So it may be from here to there, and I can go look and see, you know, on the map, the road, the da-da-da. Yeah, that's a good thing. Thank you, sir. I certainly appreciate it. Yeah. Some commentaries. And, well, what am I doing? Okay. I am going to copy this right now, Brother Louis, and look over it after the show. I have some appointments today. Uh, one is at 11, and I think I have another one at 1. And uh, 
I will uh, come back and get off into this. And I know it will be a blessing. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. There's none like you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We thank you. We thank you for all you have given to us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. So look, tonight, y'all keep me in prayer. The uh, cataract surgery. It'll be a while before I have it, but y'all keep me in prayer and I may not need it. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. There's none like you. I get excited some days just thinking about what I know. Just thinking about what I know. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. The songwriter said, I have a feeling everything is going to be all right. Be all right. Be all right. Be all right. Yeah. I'm grateful unto the Lord that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. He didn't say it wouldn't form, but it won't prosper. Hallelujah. So I'm thankful unto him, almighty God. Yeah, Lord. Got a mighty sweet way. Mighty sweet way. Uh-huh. The big thing, just for us, just for us. I heard a song one time that said, when you start passing our blessings, Lord, have a blessing just for me. Yeah, just for me. Just for me, Lord. When you start passing out healing, have healing for me. Hallelujah. I thought it was a beautiful thing. Ah, yeah. And so much coming out now. So much. I mean, we back in the day and just a few days ago in my book, if you had poor circulation in your feet and your legs, you could get these compression stockings that hurt. Hurt to put them on. Hurt to take them off. Hurt while you're wearing them. And um, now I see they got a compression stocking now. It's big enough, yet tight enough that it don't hurt. Isn't that something? So I'm grateful. Unto God for new technology of things that can help us. Yeah, but I'm learning. You got to help yourself. If you're eating wrong, you got to stop eating wrong. If you're overweight, you got to lose that access or excess or whatever it is of weight, overweight. And see, that part is over, you got to get rid of that. And when I tell you serious business, it's serious business. Good health means you're rich. Do you hear me? Good health means you are rich. People running after money. I'm running after better health. Because no matter how old you are, if you have good health, you can get a lot of things done for yourself. Your mind will be sharp. You won't have memory loss. Yeah. 
because a lot of people, they didn't learn things early enough. And some things people did to themselves that caused some, you know, issues with themselves. But today God is faithful. Today he is faithful and he just want to bless us. Okay, I don't know what that is. I can't worry about it right now. Yeah, he want to bless his people today. And one thing I know for sure, I'm not saying you can't eat chicken or meat. That's not what I'm saying. But I learned that fish, chicken or turkey is much better than pork and beef. I'm not coming against what nobody eats. But if you're overweight, if you're sick, if you got memory loss, I'm telling you, if you start to eat green leafy vegetables, yellow squash, zucchini, uh, 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 mustard greens, collard greens, not with the pork smoked meat in it, not even with turkey smoked meat in it, I saute onions and a little bit of olive oil, dump the greens in the pot, no water, and let them starve. And when I hear them cooking good, then I add maybe a fourth, a third cup of water in there and let them cook. Tastes good, wonderful. I'm even going to try collard greens with bell pepper, celery, and onion and a little olive oil. So I take the onions and dump the greens and the bell pepper and the celery in there and see what happens. I bet that thing is good. Not not that you're becoming vegan or vegetarian. Oh, and a little chicken broth. Yes, Lord Jesus. Thank you. <laughs> it, it'll be better for us. It'll unfog your brain. It'll rebuild some brain cells. Because see, a lot of young people, even in their 40s, they're losing memory. Some in their 30s, they don't never think they'll reach uh, six to five. Yeah, and I, I'm gonna make that broth today. I'm gonna make chicken broth from from scratch from scratch. And I got Vidalia onions. I got them sweet and wonderful. I could just put a little olive oil and saute them up and just eat them. Yeah, onion. So there's some things, if if we change it, we'll be better off, and I'm working on that today. I love a sweet potato. And it used to be that when I get a sweet potato, I, I, I could not help myself from making a pie or sweet potato bread. But I've learned to put just a little bit of uh, butter if I choose to, because I think butter is less fattening than margarine. I could be wrong. Put a little bit of that in there. And uh, enjoy the natural sweetness of the potato. Take care of the sweet, uh, my sweet taste. So I'm working on some things. And I, I, I'm working on meal prepping. But I decided to put stuff in my refrigerator that I could reach in and just eat it. I don't have to worry about putting uh, turnip greens, green beans, squash. I don't have to worry about making a plate like that. All I do is look in the refrigerator, some grapes and some carrots 
It's some celery. Yeah, I can just pull that out and eat it. Celery is good for diabetes. Yeah, it helps cure diabetes. Celery. So I'm making celery juice. I don't have no problem. I have a little problem with the little bell pepper. I ate so much as a child, I'm over it. But I still do use it. But I use it sparingly that I don't really taste it. It blends in with everything, you know. But I'm sharing this this morning because I found out some information. And then some of the holistic doctors were killed. One was on there saying, if they coming after me, I know they're going to come after me. If you, if I disappear or anything, well, if anything happened to me, you know they came after me. The man said he was supposed to be interviewing with him that morning on his show. He couldn't show. He couldn't show up on the show because he was deceased. He was dead. They killed him. Because they were saying that the, the pharmaceutical companies and People like this did not want holistic uh, medicine. They didn't want people to know about natural things you you do and you shouldn't do. Stop taking all this medication because it's killing you. And the food we eat is make us sick, so it sent us to the doctor. The doctor prescribed medicines for us. I've been seeing my doctor afraid to say certain things. I'm like, what? Not Moshe Reed. Oh, yeah. Because if he tells you certain things, he's risking himself. So some doctors, they can tell you things in cold. Because you they older, older than you. They from the old school, and you know what they're talking about. But he'll go ahead and write your prescription and tell you what it's for. Because he's not supposed to tell you about natural healing, the natural things. He's supposed to tell you what big pharma, they call it, say to give you. Big money into that. But now my thought is this. If you kill people off, you're killing people off. And Americans are not having that many children. We don't become a lazy, no-count nation in my book. The people. Because we don't want to have children. We don't want to raise children properly. Grandmamas want to be 540 still clubbing. <clears throat> At 35, you should be coming into a full adulthood to learn better than to do some crazy stuff. But they still want to be 20 at 35. I don't care what you take. I don't care what you eat. I don't care how many exercises that body know its age. That body know how old it is. It may not look it, but it know. And you have pains and aches like anybody else. I don't care what you're talking about. I'm strengthening my... You can strengthen it, but you still going to have what you have because that was the design of Almighty God. You came from dirt, you're going back. You deteriorate, you're going back. But there's some things we can help ourselves with that comes from God. Yeah, I'm back in that book of Genesis looking at what you said to eat. Yeah. 
and I, I didn't really know corn was so good. <laughs> oh, I had fresh corn, organic as they call it. And uh, now I put butter on it. I really did. I put butter and Parmesan cheese. Oh, my goodness. I bought four ears, and I ate one Saturday, Sunday, Monday. And I saved one for yesterday, and I had it. Oh, my goodness, it was wonderful. Wonderful. Juicy, oh, my goodness. I'm from the South, and back in the day, I would have chewed the cob. But as juicy as it was, yeah, I would have. You can't swallow it, of course. Now, you chew it, but you can't swallow it. But I thank God this morning that he is blessing his people. And He uh, uh, something may have come to your mind that you have not thought of in a long time that you needed to do, that you wasn't doing, but all of a sudden you have an urge to do it, and it's going to help you. That's God moving in this hour for his people. I'm here to tell you now there has been a shift in the air, evil is slowly but surely showing you all it's got evil. Yeah, many people say, oh, Mr. Obama, he's our president. I can't see that. I'm sorry. I, I cannot see the good Mr. Obama did. I can see messed up. And a lot of people have been messed up. I see more Muslims in the country in a way than Christians. I'm coming in some in some places, major cities. I'm gonna put it that way: the White House, Philadelphia, Texas, Chicago. And the list is endless of a lot of Muslims, over a billion Muslims in America. And these are not all American people. They are immigrants from other countries. How you do that to your people? And they have all kind of stuff, a Muslim government. Yeah. In America, the country that was built on Christianity, if ever there was a time to pray, I'm telling y'all, it's now. I don't always tell you exactly, and I don't always tell you everything. But if God show it, it is what it is. You can believe it and be spared or not believe it and perish. If ever there was a time for us to stop acting like we're more than what we are and we want to show we got this and this is my way of doing things and I'm all that. Look, if ever there was a time, okay, then, okay. <laughs> That's the, uh, if ever there was a time to stretch out and cry out to the Lord believers, now is that time. 
because that thing will roll over you. It'll, it'll roll past you. No calamity shall come now your dwelling. We ask the Lord to keep us safe from all hurt, harm, or danger. Father, loose your protecting angels to stand watch, to shield and protect us from all hurt, harm, or danger. He will do it. He will do it. Yea, though you walk through the valleys of the shadows of death, you won't have to fear evil. Why? He's with you. God is with you. His rod and staff, they are comfort you. He will prepare the table before you in the presence of your enemies. It's him that anoints your head with oil. Your cup will run over. You can say to yourself, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. And you can dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Hallelujah. All right, Brother Anthony, hold tight. I'm going to one song of the morning. And uh, when we come back, studio is open. If you have something you would like to say, <laughs> feel free to press that number one and come in. Look at that, Lewis. I better not say what I'm having for breakfast. Why? Let us know. to England in 1967. We'd been there in 1954 for the Herringay meetings. And some of the young reporters weren't in those meetings, but they read reports about it. And they concluded that it was the emotion of just as I am that caused the people to come forward. And Mr. Graham was really concerned about that. And he talked to me just before we started the meetings. He said, you know, Cliff, we know it's the Spirit of God. And people who are praying know that, but these unconverted folks don't know that. 
and he said, let's just pray that God will show us whether we ought to sing it or not. And you be prepared to sing it or not sing it. Be prepared to have the organist or pianist play it or not. And if I feel we should, I'll call for it. I said, all right. And I explained to the choir and to Don Houston and Ted Smith. I said, don't play until you get the cue to play. And do you know we began the meeting and Bill gave the simple, straightforward invitation. And he said, we're not going to have any singing tonight. This is the first night at Earl's Court. If the Spirit of God has spoken to your heart, you get up and come. And then he just stepped back and bowed his head in prayer. And 15 seconds went by and nobody moved. And that's a long time. And I was ready to lead the choir and we were ready to play. And then you heard a seat uh, squeak as the people stood. And then one after another and after another. And within about five minutes, over a thousand people were shuffling along the floor, coming to the front to give their life to Christ. And for 30 nights, for 30 nights at Herringay, we didn't have one note of Just As I Am. And the reporters that had written before saying that the emotion of it were bringing people, was bringing people forward, they were writing, Give us back Just As I Am. The silence is killing us. <laughs> but it was just an indication again of how God has been working and as we sang it I couldn't help but think of thousands of people who come and they are memories that I thank God for and praise him. Forgive my voice so I lost it today. <laughs> Amen. Sorry about that. <laughs> brings together a group of people from diverse backgrounds to a lodge in the mountains and makes them feel free to talk about something as personal as their relationship with God? And what impassions a couple like Billy and Ruth Graham to spend their entire lives telling others across the world that they can know God too, really know him for themselves? What causes the George Beverly Shea or Cliff Barrows to sing their hearts out, to put music into the souls of someone who might not have a song? Why does it matter to them? Think about it this way. When you're lost or lonely, far from family and feeling like the bottom has dropped out of life, the best thing to do is go home. But what if you left home a long time ago, and now you feel your place at the table has surely been removed by now, and the vacancy you left has long since been filled? What if you're too embarrassed or too proud to take the risk of showing up now in a place where you used to belong? Now let's think about the family. 
No matter how many children are home, the truth is, no one could ever fill the empty place at the family's heart, left by one who is away. And just maybe tonight, the father is so lonely for you, he can hardly stand it. He wants you to know, son, that no matter where you've been, and daughter, no matter how much foreign ground you've covered, he will never really rest at night until everybody's home. So what you've experienced here on the mountain is the family, gathered in a circle, taking hands, connecting with the father, connecting with each other, drawing strength and acceptance and encouragement and joy. But they're hesitant to start the dance until you're in your place. The circle is incomplete without you. So they tell family stories, they sing the well-loved songs, and they wait. They just keep feeling that if they wait a bit longer, you'll come too. Don't worry about fixing up. This is a come-as-you-are party. But the gift they hope to exchange is you. Amen, amen, and amen again. All right, Brother Anthony, I'm bringing you in right now. Good morning. God bless you, sir. How are you? Bless her the favor. Good morning to you, Miss Barbara. Good morning, everybody. I just first of all, I want to give God thanks for life, health, and strength, keeping my right mind, allowing me to see another day I've never seen before. Thank you for the activity of my limbs. And I just thank God for who he is to me, where he's doing in me, where he brought me from, where he's taking me at. I just thank God for drawing me closer to him daily and thank God for my relationship with him, my personal relationship. And oh just his blessing. And I just wanted to say good morning to everybody and God God bless y'all this morning. Good morning, Brother Louis and Sister Jerry and everybody, you Miss Barbara and all the listeners out there, Sister Irene and Sister Rita, Sister Theon. Oh, Shante, oh, that oh, Pops Boatwright, you know, Sister Michelle Fluker, Mike Kim, I mean Mike, Brother Mike, and uh, Sister uh, Kim Hops, and uh, Brother Jermaine and Brother D, and everybody this morning, and I was trying to rest through it, but good morning, y'all met. Started my new job yesterday, so this is my second day, and I'm just blessed to be here another day. But the Lord has put breath in my lungs again, so that's a blessing. And oh, uh, I just trying to wanted to say good morning before uh, everybody start coming in here talking again. But uh, good morning, and you know the Lord worked it right out, so I could say good morning to everybody and. The ones that I didn't say your name, just know that I'm you know, on my heart, on my mind, and God bless y'all and continue to be with y'all. And uh, just thank God again uh, for, for, you know, being able to be in the midst with y'all this morning. And y'all hear my voice, and I'm knowing that y'all can hear mine. You know, so it's a blessing. And uh, God bless everybody this morning. Y'all just continue to keep me in prayer. Uh, God will continue to uh, continue to draw me closer to Him. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Yes, sir. And I like prayer and praying for one another. And uh, we thank God for that. You know, I have to 
repent some days. Well, every day, really, all day if I can. But I repent um, many times, I should say, because I know not only does God see, but he hears. And it's important for us to know. Hey, uh, uh, Brother Lewis said, hey, Brother Anthony, for, for him to know that, God, we want to be right with you. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, let me see. I think Sister Sion said something here. Let me see what she said. Amen. No weapon. She said, good morning. You know what? That's Sion. Yeah. She'll be back. She'll be respected. So, have y'all going to scream it over here. But, yeah, God is faithful to us. And uh, we want to be faithful to him, thank him. And when we see anywhere, any form of fashion, we are out of place. We want to pray. We want to repent and ask God to help us. Lord, help me to live according to your word, according to what pleases you. And sometimes uh, the very thing that people are doing, they think, oh, God going to get me for this. Listen, it's not what go in us that defile us. Is what's come out. If the heart is not right, whoo, wee, 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 wee. Yeah, that's what's important. Yeah. Certain foods even. He said what he made, don't call them unclean. I'm eating for health to get my healthy lined up. It don't mean I can't have me some cake every now and then. But I just can't have a half a cake every day. Yeah. So he knows what's best for us. And we go to him to get his opinion on everything. Not man, because man will mess you up around here. They'll have you eating out the garbage can backwards if it's left to them. So we're not going to be concerned about what man said about it. We want to be concerned about what God has said. That's more important than anything. Yeah. And uh, it's all right today in Jesus' name. Yeah, yeah. Hallelujah. So is there anyone else? The studio is open. Oh, my goodness. The time is almost up. Wow. That went by fast today. My goodness. All right. Is there anyone else? If not, I will pray us out. We pray the Lord bring us back tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, for another episode of Jesus in the Morning. I'm going to pray, and uh, we'll go to our last song of the morning. Father God, well, let me say this. Good morning to you, Pastor David. Good morning to your Sister Jerry. Good morning to your Sister Rita. Good morning to your Sister Irene. Good morning to your Sister Funny Sion, good morning to your sister Dorothy Goodman, good morning to your brother Louis, and again, good morning to your brother Anthony. God bless you to every caller and every listener, wherever you come from. God bless you this morning, wherever you come through. God bless you this morning. Those that's coming to listen to the archives and the podcast, my God, baby Laura, God bless you this morning. Have a blessed, uncommonly blessed day. In Jesus' name. So let's pray. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for all that has been said and done here today. We thank you, Lord, that without you we can do nothing. We thank you for this because we'll mess ourselves up. Father, we ask this morning as we depart that you would lead and guide us in the right path for your name's sake. 
and that you would give us a heart and a mind to follow you all the way in the name of Jesus. Let your word of the book of Acts sink into our heart. Give us a more clarity of it. Show us the way of the books, the chapters of Acts in the name of Jesus. Help us to become your people and obedient people unto you. We love you today, Father. We're grateful unto you, and we appreciate you this day. Thank you again for all you've done, what you're doing right now, and what you're going to do. Father, touch and heal today. Those of us that feel sick, those of us that are sick, heal today. Make us over again. Strengthen us, God, in our bodies. In the name of Jesus, give us strength and willpower to continue to eat what's good and what's right and what's going to help our bodies, these bodies that you made. In the name of Jesus, Father, we thank you this morning. Bless those that stand in the need of finances. Father, bless our family members that's sick and in trouble. In the name of Jesus, we give you glory. We give you honor and praise for doing it right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Hallelujah. And it's again in Jesus' name, Father, we ask it all. Amen and hallelujah. May the Lord watch between me and thee while we are absent, one from another, in the name of Jesus. Go today in love and peace. Share the good news of Jesus and give someone something of quality. God loves the cheerful giver. Have a blessed day. I speak the blessings of Almighty God upon you today. June, July the 6th, 2023, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So we're going out with this one, and uh, we pray the Lord bring us back. Testify Friday. Cause all my life you have been 
All my life you have been faithful. Later, Tater Louis, after a while, Crocodile Sherry, y'all have a blessed day. I'm praying for you. I put a prayer request out there for you. And uh, everybody else, Minister Shonda and Sister Jerry and a brother and Pastor David, I put a prayer request uh, out there for you. And so God bless you. Have a wonderful day. And so I'm going to say bye-bye again. All my life I have been faithful. All my life I have been so.